welcome to episode 10 of Oversharing Wearing, my honest account of living with anxiety. I hope you guys are all doing okay. I just wanted to say a massive thank you for the feedback on the last episode. I appreciate that it was a bit of a dark one and I suppose that was where I completely hit rock bottom. Some would argue that that's a good place to start over, to reset. And I think for me, that was definitely the case. Often when you're an anxious person, you're piling the pressure on yourself and you're worrying excessively and sometimes you don't even know why. So if you can't pinpoint it, that makes it even worse. But I think in my case, I absolutely knew why I'd reached that point. And it was a combination of so many things. I think part of having a fourth baby for me, and I know I was very lucky to be able to have a fourth, was a bit of a ongoing thing of not actually wanting to face who I was because I didn't know when I had to look at myself if I was going to like what I saw and also being a mum is and was incredibly important to me and I felt I had a lot to give another child but actually I think in a way being honest sometimes the more children you have the less you have for yourself. Obviously, I'm, and I'm not talking about time. I'm talking about you, yourself. I'm not talking about sneaking off to read Grazia in the toilet for 20 minutes while they're all hammering on the door, which has happened to me, <laughs> which is awful to admit, but it's true. It It's not about time. It's having a sense of self. And we need that to survive. We need to know know who we are. Because, But I'd never really wanted to know who I was because I'd been told so many negative things about myself in my life growing up and in my first marriage where I was gaslit within an inch of my life that I, I didn't really want to face certain things about my past. I, and I think if you have been treated badly, there is a part of you that thinks, did I deserve that? Was it, was it something I did? So it was kind of like this weird victim feelings, but also an anger. And that, that's a bad combination. And I think for me, I piled on a lot of pressure on myself. I, I wasn't getting any sleep. And I was worrying sick about everything, as I highlighted in the last episode. I think a very key thing is to sometimes stop and question right okay if I feel like this it's for a reason it's no good just plowing on and thinking it'll get better or I just you have to make that change for yourself and I think when you I when I did hit rock bottom and had a nervous breakdown in a way it was a bit of a relief because it was like right okay now I've got to do something and when it was at its worst I couldn't even get dressed I had to get my husband to pick out clothes for me I couldn't make any decisions the children were fine, but it was in my head I was at a very bad crossroads of vulnerability and overwhelming serious anxiety. And I think it had gone goes back to wanting to find value in myself by how I, I others treated me. 
And if I look at the history of actually, in particular, my relationships with men, they've they've all been pretty negative. And I think when you feel bad about yourself, you're actually looking for confirmation from others that you are a bad person. So sometimes you're you're fretting and you're not the best version of yourself. You might be angry or pent up or take things out on people. And in a way, you're, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy because you're behaving badly, you're feeling bad, and then people are confirming and, you're, and treating you how you dread to be treated. But it's just this cycle of behaviour. And it goes back to the narrative in our head that we want to be seen in a good way and we want to have value but when that falls short we berate ourselves and I think the other thing is especially in today's society is we measure ourselves by how much we earn how many friends we have how much we weigh how long we've been in a relationship and all these numbers are meant to indicate success so if you know you weigh don't don't weigh that much and you've got loads of friends and you're in a successful relationship that's all meant to be meaning you're doing well right but what if that isn't actually what what it what it's part of life but what matters is your mental health and your physical health if you don't have that basically you don't have anything and that's that's true and it's and it's that has to be the key. You've got to look after yourself. And if you don't, that's when things struggle. And I, I can now say wholeheartedly that I didn't really look after myself. And I would internalise a lot of the words that I'd heard growing up. They were kind of like knocking around in my head. And, and I would use them actually against myself. So the not feeling uh, any worth or... I'll never amount to anything that was always in the back of my mind so when I did reach a really really bad point I had to find a new way to build up a resilience to cope because the thing is when the anxiety is so bad and it's eroded so much of you and you're basically a shell of a person which I definitely was you would need to build yourself up again and I think that there is something to be said for looking at yourself and I I didn't want to as I mentioned but what actually was a good thing for me was to take stock and for example there were certain things that would trigger me feeling worse like certain films but oh my god I I, I, I don't like horrors they freak me out so I kind of stay away from stuff like that and also possessed kids I mean I have enough of that, you know, to would freak me out for life. But I have to tell you this story. So uh, I, I, I've never really liked horrors and a lot of people don't. And this one time I had gone to stay with my best friend and I used to stay with her most weekends. And we'd always like watch loads of movies and make cookies and stuff and just have, a, you know, a, a really good time. And this new film had come out called Child's Play and I don't know if you guys know this film it's so bloody dated now I was uh, I was about 15 and we decided to watch it and basically it's about this ginger haired doll that is possessed by an evil serial killer spirit or something and it's it's just this psycho thing it's the most ridiculous storyline 
this mum buys this doll brings it home and it starts chatting to the kid and then she looks she's like god it's it's coming out with a load of old shit I'm just gonna look at the box and then she realizes there's no batteries in it and so she freaks out and tries to um throw the bloody doll in the fire and then its head swivels like 300 and 60 degrees and it goes don't fuck with the chuck and I was like "Ah, (laughs) this is horrible and the whole film is this relentless psycho ginger doll in dungarees going nuts well okay then we had to go to bed after watching this deeply disturbing film so I go up to my friend's bedroom where my sleeping bag was always on the spare bed open pull open the sleeping bag and there is my friend's sister's cabbage patch dolls do you remember those they were those scrunchy faced quite ugly dolls with ginger hair holding a carving knife i am not joking and then my friend's dad jumps out of the cupboard a huge cupboard and goes like this Harriet, Harriet, my friend and I started screaming. He then grabs the doll with the knife and chases me and my friend round the house. Way to make someone never sleep again. That is an absolutely true story. And weirdly enough, where I live, there, there, there is a shop in the centre of town um, and it's a TV and movie shop and they've got this doll in a box like a life I can't even look at it I actually walk a different way to avoid that shop because I know it's in there I know that bloody who's gonna buy it oh well not me <laughs> oh my god it was so awful I, I remember that story so clearly oh god I can't that was the bloody 80s it, though like late 80s can you imagine having your kids around and your friend's kid round and chasing them around a knife with a knife yeah that wouldn't there'd be police involved right now but hey it was the late 80s and anything bloody went <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh right okay i've completely lost track of what i was going to talk to you guys about no i know what i was going to tell you so for me what was a really good thing when my son got older was that I started working and I was lucky enough to be in a job I loved for several years. And it was quite interesting because I never really talked about being anxious. And also, how how do you kind of have a conversation about that? Hi, my name's Sophie. I get really freaked out and anxious. Let's, you know, hang out. It's, it's not going to work. And actually, for a long time, not talking about it was kind of of some benefit. And if I did feel anxious at work, I I didn't sort of tell anyone, I'd just get up and make a tea or busy myself. And I think that was when I started to realise that I could change the course of the anxiety a bit, that I had the distraction and interrupting those thoughts took the heat out of them. And I think when in the dark days, when it was really bad my biggest fear was being taken away from my children and and being locked up you know i know it's ridiculous but i it for me it was like a valid fear so in a way i was kind of like right okay this is my worst nightmare right if it happens i'll i'll work through it so in a way it took the heat and the 
uh, kind of momentum in those thoughts away because I was like, right, okay. And and I think I also found a new identity through working. I wasn't just a mum anymore who was desperate for a bit of me time. And it was hard. I, I, I didn't really know who I was. You know, I had kids really young and and I'd sort of like struggled with the negative sort of narrative in my head. But I actually thought, right, okay, this is a chance to kind of not start over, but to see things in a different way. Because if you keep acting in a certain way, you're going to have the same outcome. And it didn't serve me. It wasn't serving me. And I'd had this learnt behaviour all my life. And, and I had the same behavioural patterns. So I had to kind of like, look, take stock. And to just kind of like, right, okay, this is this is where I'm going to turn a corner. And I think for me, that's, that's been a really big and um, healthy way of dealing with it. Because at the end of the day, we are not just the sum of our thoughts. We're all going to have negative thoughts. We're all going to feel bad about ourselves. And anxiety is horrible. It's corrosive. It eats away at a lot of who you are. And I think also, I know why I'm anxious, which I think helps enormously, because I think there must be nothing worse than not knowing why you're anxious. That's actually quite frightening. And it's the same with depression, you know, and I have felt flashes of that when suddenly it's, you know, in Harry Potter with the uh, Death Eaters, no, not the Death Eaters, what's the other ones? I can't remember, but where they just suck the life out of everything and oh no I think that is death eaters yeah sorry oh my god sorry I don't even know what I'm talking about and it just everything goes cold and I have experienced that and it's bloody horrible but again I was like right okay I'm not I'm not going to embrace it because that sounds really hippie-ish but I had to just step back and think right okay I'm walking in my head I'm walking away from this situation and what's been quite interesting about doing this podcast is that for me I've forged new friendships better friendships and more of an understanding with my mum about things it I I I was so worried about talking about this but you can't worry because then there's no point doing it but actually the more I've talked I felt a bit of a weight lift within me and I, and I think it's given me a new strength because sometimes we we live with our in our own heads and sometimes I've wanted to escape myself you know I've I've I I annoy myself you know you can't take a vacation from yourself you've you're in your head and that can get really really tiring and exhausting I think for many, the pandemic has given us time to reflect on a lot of things, you know, and I've realised that not feeling safe has been a huge issue for me throughout my life and at, at the root of my anxiety. I had to see that I've I've had to kind of look into my worth, my self-worth for myself and not pay attention to the negativity that I've heard throughout my life anymore. 
I do, I think I definitely need a purpose. I'm one of those people that needs to be needed. And when you have as many children as I have, everything that you want is in the, goes down. Your, your wants and needs are at the bottom of the pile because you've got your children to look after. So all, I put a lot of stuff on the back burner for a lot of years. So the good thing is that now I've learnt to detach a bit from the negative script in my head. I I try not to give weight to the unwanted thoughts and try not to get worked up and upset about them anymore. I think what's good about getting older, one of the few things, is that I don't care as much about what people think and I try not to give too much gravitas to situations and you kind of realize that we're all in it together that we've all got stuff going on and and I think that's kind of served an amazing purpose for me and lessened my feelings of anxiety and and I've thrown up I've thrown out there what I've been through and it hasn't backfired so far so for me that's given me a level of acceptance And I know that I've talked a lot over the episodes about wrestling with feelings of unease and feeling trapped by that anxiety. Through talking, you can let go of that stuff. And I've kind of would say it's quite unhealthy to keep resisting the anxiety because it's there for a reason. Something is not right if you're feeling anxious. And when it rears its ugly head maybe look at why you're feeling anxious and it might actually give you answers rather than causing more problems if that makes sense it is manageable now for me and there is it is always going to be there though in the background but I've been chipping away at the layers and trying to make a life for myself that makes me and the people around me happy and I and I think that's all you can do and with lots of things being restricted over the last few months you kind of realize that actually you don't really need that much as long as you've got your mental health your physical health you could and your family and a way to communicate with people friends and a community it does get better if you allow it and you deserve that we all deserve to be better and the best version of ourselves and not let the anxiety win I have loved talking to you all and sharing my journey with you. And what I'm going to do in the next episode is talk more about the specific elements of dealing with anxiety. So the next episode will be about fears and how they've manifested. But for me, talking about my journey has has kind of been the most amazing gift to myself and also I hope for you that you've got something out of it and sending so much love thank you for listening bye